Bloody Elbow presents the Hey Not The Face podcast, the show that brings you the business side of combat sports, including contract review, financial analysis, fighter pay issues, and more. Hey Bloody Elbow podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content if available at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here's your host, John S. Nash, joined by his producer, Steffi Haynes. Bloody Elbow podcasts are proud to be sponsored by RevGear. They've been a pioneer in the industry and have grown into a formidable brand and true leader in the MMA gear market. Bloody Elbow listeners get 20% off. Go to RevGear.com slash Bloody Elbow email sign up. Hello and welcome to Hey, Not The Face with your host, John Nash, and your producer, me, Steffi Haynes. And yes, you guys are getting two episodes in one week. And the reason for that is the judges have denied, well, the the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has denied Zufa, the defendants in the antitrust lawsuit, they have denied the appeal. John, how the hell are you? Oh, exhausted. Work is really busy right now. Really, really busy. So I, I imagine nothing happened on the courts involving Zufa. I hope not, because I just, you know, I was not, I'm not prepared if, if there was. <laughs> well, talk to me a little bit about this Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals denying the defendants. What exactly does that mean? Well, this was kind of a surprise because usually they have up to like 90 days to review the request for an appeal. The, the Zufa, after the after the judge Bulware, and this case has been taking almost a decade now. It was filed in 2014, remember, December 16, 2014. In August, we've got the class certified. Class certification was granted by the judge. So in other words, he said you are going to become a cla- an actual class action lawsuit. All the fighters that fought in the UFC during the period that, that fit the re- – that fit the uh, the the guidelines that they need to become a member. All twelve hundred whatever fighters are now part of this automatically in this class certification, and it can go ahead as a class action lawsuit. Now Zufa immediately appealed it. They filed the appeal, and usually the 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 court has ninety days to. To, to, to give their, their order, their judgment on the appeal. In other words, are we going to pick up the appeal and look at it, review it, or are we going to deny it? So we were expecting this to come in like early December, the the courts, the Ninth Circuit, their decision on this. Instead, it came out now, they're denying the appeal. They, they accepted the amicus brief uh, written by uh, the Chamber of Commerce on behalf of the defendants uh, in support of the defendants. They accepted that, but then denied the appeal. And what that means is the Ninth Circuit will not be taking up the appeal and reviewing the class the class certification ruling of the judge. Instead, the judge, the case moves forward. And so the next step is, is there is the UFC has asked for summary judgment. They filed a motion of summary judgment. Um, 
and we will give them the dates. They had another thing that came up today, a bunch of dates of stuff that, that's going to happen. And you can tell the judge wants to move this forward because some of the dates that he had set further back because of the appeal, he's now moved them back to the original date earlier. So we'll get them out of the way quicker. So summary judgment is next. In other words, will the judge just grant Zufa the win and say, hey, they don't have a case, the plaintiffs. If that go, And no one expects them to win that because the judge has already tipped his hand that basically – uh, he is, he's not leaning towards the UFC of Zufa for summary judgment. If that doesn't happen, that means we go into trial and the trial is already set a date and the, the defendants have asked them to move that date cause they're not available. And the judge denied the motion to move it. So it's going to happen. <laughs> start April 8th, 2024. Um, you know, barring some other, you know, miracle or whatever, but that's the date it's going to start apparently. And so. We will, after years of nothing happening, now it's just one thing after another. All right. Let's take a look at a few things here. First of yeah. all, I noticed that they misspelled Kung Lee's name. They they refer to him here in this order. See, order Chung Lee versus yes. Zufa. Will that matter? No, that they no, well, okay, no. That's that is, that whoever whoever wrote this down, it's not the judge himself, probably. Okay. He probably dictated it to someone, and they, they just don't know who Kung Lee is. Gotcha. All right, second question. It says here, it is therefore ordered that the response to the 878 motion for summary judgment is due on or before November 30th. Please tell me what response they're looking well, for. Well, the response would be from the plaintiffs. The defendants submitted, they submitted this motion of summary judgment uh, years ago. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember the exact date because everything's been so stretched out. But the judge put it on postponement hold while they went through some other stuff, right? And now he let them, he gave them, allowed them to resubmit the motion for summary judgment. They submitted theirs on the on I can't remember what date they did it, but the last day they could just recently uh, a month ago I think, and now the the plaintiffs have a chance to respond and their response is due November thirtieth, right? Okay, and then the reply, and that's due. then the plaintiff the defendants okay. are given one more chance to reply on before December twenty second, right? Okay. okay, and then and I uh, can't remember the exact date. We'll have a decision on a motion of summary judgment, but. Basically, when that's done, a month or so after that, a month or two, we'll go right into trial. And no one expects him, though, if you read the opinion in the class cert, how just scathing it is, mm -hmm. you've listened to him in the hearings, no one is expecting summary judgment to be granted. So we expect it that it's going to be denied and we are going to move on to trial. There is also a November 17th date here. And I, I really dig this one because this is in regards to that motion to reopen discovery. Can you explain that a little for those that might not have listened to our last show? Yes. The, the, the defendants put a request in to open, reopen discovery for the Kong Lee versus Zufa case. Uh, and the reason they said they needed to, to reopen discovery is because events since the end of that class period, since the end of 2017, show that the UFC, that Zufa did not have market power during the class period. Now, again, um, you know, there's all likely, in fact, Bulwer in the last hearing, I, there was a note I had on it. He tipped his hat on this because he tipped his hand because he said, I think he said specifically he he's unlikely to grant it or that he has no interest in reopening discovery because he, you know he thinks the case is dragged on long enough. 
and so it seems incredibly unlikely, but they still submitted the motion uh, that he's going to grant this reopening discovery. The, the whole point of granting reopening discovery strikes me as kind of a last-ditch effort to kick the can down the road uh, because to open it would delay the case probably four to six months to, to bring in the new evidence and look at it, right, the, the discovery. But he's not – he is adamant about getting that case on April 8th. And so, again, I – can't say for sure he's not gonna he's not gonna grant it, but he's already t- he's already tipped off that he's not gonna grant it. Kind of like he did with the class cert, where he said before he's gonna do it. So it's very 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 unlikely that he uh, grants that motion to reopen discovery. Wow, 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 wow! This is this is great news for the fighters, honestly. Yeah, for the for the plaintiffs, this is it's you know after a long painful period, things are moving in the direction. Now that doesn't mean. If they have a victory, they still have a trial coming up. You would assume, too, that the UFC, Zufa, in, in this situation, most companies would be calling trying to get a settlement. But but in the, <laughs> most companies probably would have been trying to get a settlement as soon as the judge made it clear he was going to grant class certification, right? So I, I'm not 100% certain UFC even try settling now, which seems crazy because the the potential damages and impact of this case could be – just massive on their company but if they don't uh you know it goes to trial and then they're they're facing the possibility of trouble damages and then if they because they're gonna have a jury and it's not gonna be the judge that decides the damages there'll be a jury and you know you speak to guys that do jury trials you do not want a bunch of you know uh, normal people sitting in a on jury looking on one side a bunch of super wealthy executives and the other side a bunch mm-hmm. of beat up fighters that they think didn't get paid much yep Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I I love this so much. Now, some stuff happened as well, though. We we were made privy to a lot of payouts. Explain that to us. Well, kind of hidden under, uh, with all this going on, kind of lost in the, the commotion, the last week or so, there have been a lot of filings the, for the order to motion a summary judgment, for the order to reopen um, the discovery, for you know all these these motions are filing, and they've been resubmitting or submitting new exhibits as part of it. And these exhibits are not redacted, so some of the material that we've already seen has been resubmitted now. And because the judge doesn't want things redacted, even though we're going to go through and see how much of the old stuff is going to be unredacted, it's been submitted again unredacted. And and some is kind of surprising because there's material in there we just were not aware of. I mean, about fighter pay. There's uh, an expert report where basically, not even basically, every purse that was paid out from 2011 to two, through 2016 is listed in that exhibit. It's a if you have them at home, some people download these from Pacer. It's the uh, Blair expert report in the appendix of it. Uh, there is uh, section F. Uh, there is just a list of all the different purses every year. And they don't have the names attached, but it's not very difficult to figure out which fighter is which because there's descriptions basically on like what what number of fight this was in the UFC they had. Like this fighter made a million dollars, just throwing out a number, or or this fighter made one million, I think sixty thousand, sixty one thousand dollars in their very first fight in 2016. It's not very hard to figure out that that's. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that. Go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today.
Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post Fight Show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.